today on It's Time. There's going to be scoffers in the last days coming saying, where is the promise of His coming? Since our fathers fell asleep, everything remains just like it's always been. Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler, the pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Pastor Mike is teaching on the book of 2 Peter. The study on 2 Peter is part two of the Peter series, and if you'd like to catch up on the series, 1 Peter is available for free download through the iTunes podcast store, or you can purchase it from CSN at 800-357-4226. With 2 Peter, here's Pastor Mike. We've been going through the book of Peter, and um, in this book, it's pretty interesting because this is an actual eyewitness of Jesus. And so he was able, first of all, to see all the things that Jesus did. He was also able to see his own personal failures, and yet he understood God's love for him. And as we actually get into the last book of Second Peter, as we conclude our study... You're going to see some interesting things that he leaves the reader with that really influence and impact every one of our lives. And so let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. As we now read your word, we ask you that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And God, that you would expand our understanding of your love for us. We thank you again, God, that you've never left us or forsaken us. And so, Lord, we ask you now that you would just do this great work in our hearts to keep us in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 2 of Peter is where we left off the last time, and we actually ended in the last part of chapter 2 as we go into chapter 3. Now, Peter writes some very important things here because he wants the reader to understand some things. Let's look at this, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by reminder. Now, this is important, friends. He's writing these things to remind us. Do you know why he reminds us? Because we forget. Moms and dads, it's interesting that you will tell your children things. And you say, I've told you a million times. Not to exaggerate. No, I've told you a million times to do a certain job. And you forget. And yet, moms and dads, we realize that we're no different, are we? we? We forget just like they do. Do you you realize how many times in the Bible failure came to those who love God because they failed to remember Adam and Eve in the garden. All the trees you can eat of in the entire garden just don't eat of this one. Which one do they eat of? They ate of the one they were told not to. They forgot they could eat of anything else. Now whether by rebellion, whether by direct choice, whether by seduction or combination of all. They didn't do what God wanted to do. They forgot. King David walks out on his roof and sees a woman bathing. Gets all hot and bothered. He wants her. He's the king. He could have had any single girl in Israel he wanted. But he wanted that one. Happened to be married. He forgot who he was. You think oftentimes what happens in our lives when we forget who we are. You know, I think the Holy Spirit's job often is just to remind us who we are. I think a lot of times if you're single here this morning, 
One of the temptations is, is the devil wants to cause you to forget who you are, forget God's promises in your life, and go out and abandon what God has told you, His promises, His goodness, and His purpose towards you, and instead offers you a cheap bill of goods to forget who you are in Him, that promise that rests in your life. That temptation to steal, where the Word of God says He will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. We forget that promise, and so therefore we feel compulsion to take things that aren't ours. You realize that God's got the very best for you. Just trust Him. But we forget, and when we forget, we operate in our own power, in our own steam, and we find our own life failing. Now, he says, I write these things to stir you up in your pure minds by way of reminder. Now, what had he already wrote? Well, essentially, if you want to look, he had been reminding the believer who they were, warning them against false teachers that would come in and cause them to veer off of the truth that they had been delivered to. Now, uh, look at the last verse of chapter uh, 2 there. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, and this is out of Proverbs 26, verse 11, a dog returns to his own vomit, a sow having been washed to her own wallowing in the mire. (laughs) He's going, listen, if it didn't taste good going down the first time, it ain't going to taste any better going down the second. As a dog returns to its vomit. Mm -mm, Good. You know, it's weird. What the point is, is this. You cannot continue to do something and expect different results as you continue to do the same thing. You know, a lot of people just say, well, I don't really understand what's wrong with my life. You know, I want it to come out right. I'm not really following God's ways. That's all right. I fudge a little bit here. I fudge a little bit there. And, and But I, I, I still expect God to come through in the end. Well, let me tell you, the Bible here tells us this. You cannot continue to do the same things and expect any different outcome in your life. If you're following God, expect God's blessing in your life. If you're in rebellion to God, and I'm speaking to Christians here this morning. This isn't just for people that don't know God. I'm saying we we as Christians, and by the way, friends, we can be this way. We can know to do right, do our own thing. And we all pay a price, don't we? It isn't necessarily always even backslide. Sometimes it's just a little stride from the master's side. And if it isn't corrected, we can actually drift off the path. So he says, I want to remind you, bring your pure hearts into remembrance of these things. Don't forget who you are. That's important. If you don't want to remember anything else about this morning, don't forget who you are in Christ. You're a chosen, treasured vessel of God. The Bible says before the foundations of the world, he picked you to be part of his plan and his kingdom. I believe every person needs to be a part of the family of God. Be a part of something bigger than you are. Because if you're something, a part of bigger than you are, expect great things in your life. Look around for something that you can get involved in in your life that say, this is a purpose in which I can dedicate my life to. See, before we become Christians, we live for ourselves. We're number one. I, me, self, all these things. (laughs) When we come to Christ, there's a change. All of a sudden, now the focus of our life is, Lord, since your word, I need to remember, says that you're going to take care of me. As Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Now, because you're taking care of me, that frees me up to take care of God, your kingdom. 
Somebody says, well, if you're always doing God's work, who's going to watch out for you? God. And let me tell you something. God has a much better way of taking care of you than you do. See, that's where the arrogance and the pride of the old sin nature comes in. That says, God, I can do a better job taking care of me than you can. That's why the prophets of old would continue to serve God in the midst of the problems and the trials that they went through. You look at Jeremiah, Isaiah, and some of the others that would be persecuted for what they would say and what they would do. But nevertheless, God used them and God would take care of them and watch over them as they would then minister to others. Friends, listen, there's no ministry that any of us ever do to others. And by the way, friends, that's what the whole nature of ministry is. Whether it's, whether it's speaking to many people, whether it's helping one person, whether it's bringing them a meal or setting up with them all night because they're going through a trial in their life, whether it's setting up with their children and reading them a Bible story before they go to bed, whatever it might be, it's ministry and it requires your time And if you're selfish, you're resentful of the time that you give to others. But if you're in Christ, knowing that God's going to take care of you, satisfy your heart, then you can give and bless others. Don't forget who you are in Christ. So important. Verse 2, that you would not forget that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and and the commandment of us the apostles of the, of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since our fathers have fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Boy, isn't that what they say today? You know, they just think that everything is going to go on status quo. And, you know, they fail to read the data at hand. I've often talked about this before, but you know, again, when the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, Jesus said, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be, Son of Man be. They will eating and drinking, marrying, given in marriage. This is all out of Matthew chapter 24. And they did not know until the flood came and took them away. Now, now something amazing to me is this. As in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. This is speaking of Jesus coming again. The second coming of Christ is different than the rapture of the church. The second coming of Christ is at the end of the seven-year tribulation. The rapture of the church, we have no idea when it is. Jesus said, be ready, be watchful. You know not what hour your Lord is going to come. In fact, they were even looking for Jesus' return back when we're reading these pages right here. But he's saying that there's going to be scoffers in the last days coming saying, where is the promise of his coming? Since our fathers fell asleep, everything remains just like it's always been. Well, here's the problem with that. Noah was building a boat. We've been over this before, but it's great review, so you don't forget who you are. Noah was building a boat. It said for a hundred years he worked on this thing. And again, we talked about this before. Ladies, you think you got husbands that go and get their projects finished in time. But a hundred years he worked on this. And no doubt he became the laughing stock to many people. But what's weird is here's a boat in the middle of nowhere where it had never rained before because the Bible says that God watered the earth with a mist or a dew in the morning. And so a boat was very unusual to see. And so here's a guy doing this. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. I don't know any sermon that he ever preached other than when he with his hammer. And what the Bible tells us is that... The people would see this. 
And then one day, all of a sudden, the animals, the animals, they showed up by twosies, twosies, you know, and they start getting in the boat. Now that's something you don't see every day. And you would think that somebody would say, this is kind of weird. But Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah, and there was a sign for that generation, something was about to happen. There are signs today, something is about to happen. It isn't going to be all things continue as they are. Anybody that comes along and says that, friends, it really isn't really reading the newspaper. When you look at the situation in the Middle East right now, you look at the proliferation of the old Soviet Union's military weapons of you might say nuclear capabilities that they've lost, I forget how many hundreds of uh, suitcase bombs and all kinds of other stuff. The thoughts of one of these going off in a town in America or someplace else in the world, pretty real. A hundred years ago, one person couldn't push a button and blow the world apart. They can now. Interestingly enough, we do find some catastrophic things happening in the book of Revelation that would seem to indicate some type of a global conflict in some way, mass famine breaking out, death, and we find that by the time you're about halfway through the tribulation, two-thirds of the world's population has died. Things aren't going to remain the way they are. I don't know how long it'll be. And I look at it this way. Every day God gives us is another day we can do His will. See, again, Noah worked on that boat for a long time before the flood actually came. The signs were there for a long time before the event actually happened. The signs today are here. How long we've got, I don't know. I think it was interesting, somebody called in this past week talking about churches that get very caught up in the Lord coming back. And we all rejoice in that. But at the same time, we don't want to negate the responsibility we have to have relationships one with another until the Lord comes back. And quite often we look for the rapture to be some kind of an antidote for a really messed up life when in reality Jesus says, I want you to live for me today. I want you to develop relationships. I want you to be in service to me. I want you to help your fellow men. Instead of always just saying, oh, the Lord's going to come back any minute and negating the things that are really important, like you might say relationships. Many of the new churches today, especially some of the large ones that are oftentimes criticized, one of the things they have understood, friends, is they've understood the importance of relationships. Not just to sell them something in a pyramid scheme. (laughs) Not just something to, in some way, increase the church coffer, i.e. nickels and noses. But rather, what is really important is is that family, that fabric that makes a church a church. Do you realize for many people in this room today, you are the only family that they have? Many of you were raised in good families. I thank God I was one that was. And if you are raised in a normal home this morning where you have a real mom and your real dad living at home, do you realize you're one-tenth of America, not nine-tenths of America? Did you get that? Only one-tenth of the kids in America are raised in a normal home. Now that's pretty weird. That means where you, where the kid goes home and there's a real mom and a real dad. And you say, but Mike, please don't beat me up. I'm a failure in that area. Hey, listen, I got great news for you here today. You're in a family of God that loves you, that can be what you're not and help where you're not able to do the things that you know God wants you to do. Hey, listen, we've all failed. We've all sinned. Come show the glory of God. That's why Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you are my body. Friends, we need to be that body of Christ. If it doesn't begin here in church, where in the world is it ever going to start? 
And you are the only family that many of these people have. You know, many of you young people here, you, you may not even know your grandparents. Or maybe your grandparents are drunks, or maybe they're, they're, they're all messed up. Do you realize some of the older people here in this church, you may be the only role model of a grandparent that they know? Some of you guys here, you may be the only guy image that they, that a child may have in a single home where the, the mom doesn't, is not married, and the only thing they know of a man is you? You think if I'm kidding? Why do you think the gangs are taking over our country? It has become such a problem. Now they're calling in the National Guard, as an example in Los Angeles, to deal with the issue. Do you know why kids are going to gangs? They want to belong because they can't belong at home anymore. And so God looks at us as his family saying, listen, people around you are hurting and they're dying. And, and, and the thing is, is that if we are self-focused, we'll never see the need. And I can't just go around saying, well, the Lord's going to come back tomorrow. I'm all right. And the problem is, is, is that we, we, we develop the relationships that we need one with another. And we can't just go around and say, all things are going to continue the way they are. Friends, the world is rapidly spiraling down. Have you noticed that? And you are the body of Christ. Do you, do you realize how precious you are? Please never forget that. Never forget how valuable you are to God. I know the devil comes along and tries to belittle you and make you feel like a failure and throws the things that you've done wrong in your life in your face. I want you to know you're the most precious thing to God on this earth. The Bible says he likened it like this. A man walking through a field found a treasure. And he went and sold all that he had. He bought the field and redeemed the treasure. Jesus walked through this world, saw you, gave up all of heaven, all the worship of the angels, all the glory, all the praise, came down, born in a dirty, stinky manger, let people pull on his beard and spit in his face, blindfold him and beat him in the face and nailed him to a cross, all because he redeemed the world so he could get you out of the world. That's how valuable you are. Never forget your value to God. And because you're valuable to God, God then has a purpose for you. The reason something is valuable, now friends, listen. The reason something is valuable is because it has purpose. Understand that. I'll never forget that. You know, the the reason why a silver coin is worth something is because you can buy something with it. Things that are worthless, you can't do anything with. It's called rubbish. You're valuable to God. And the reason you're valuable to God is you have purpose in God. Now he tells us this. Know this. That in the last days, scoffers are going to come. Saying, where is the promise of his coming? Just as they could not interpret the data at hand when Noah was building the ark, they can't interpret what's going on in the Middle East. They can't interpret what's going on in the economic situations of the world. The global warming, the running out of food, not enough water to go around. They said that, that, you know, they said the energy crisis, friends, is actually on the list of the top ten. It's not even the top ten. You know what they said is going to be one of the greatest problems they're facing in the future? Is clean drinking water. You know, they're making, you know, there's more and more people on the earth every day. God's not making any new mountains that snow sets on. I always thought it was something interesting in Southern California. They always complain about the water shortage in Southern California, but they keep building. I I never could figure that out. You can only steal so much water from so many other states and then pretty, pretty soon you run out. And you look at this and you realize that there is a global problem in the ecology and everything. Now I'm saying is we as Christians, shouldn't we be out, you know, ecologizing? And I'm glad to see every one of you rode a bicycle here to church today. 
Oh no, we don't want to be wasteful. But at the same time, friends, the problem isn't, isn't the environment. The problem is people's hearts. And that's what you're about. And that's what I'm about. The Bible says here, there's going to be scoffers coming in the last day saying, where is the promise of his coming? Friends, Jesus is coming back. I don't know when. But I know this, that the world does not recognize the signs of his coming. And they believe everything will remain as it is. And friends, we understand how disruptive it is when those things don't happen. We remember um, the Sunday after 9-11, the churches were filled with people. We didn't know what was coming next. You see, notice it says, For since our fathers, verse 4, fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. For this they willfully forget. Now it's interesting, they willfully forget. Peter's admonition for us is to remember, to stir up our minds and who we are in him. He's saying the world forgets. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the worlds that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which now exist, are kept in store for the same word, reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He's saying, just as God destroyed the world with water the first time, God's going to destroy the world with fire the next. See, that's how valuable you are to God, because you're his messengers. Don't forget that. Don't let the devil buy you off with trinkets of the world. That's Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the new believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's time.